What are the names you associate with the moon landing? Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin? Well, in 2010, a survey by the Space Foundation ranked as the number two most popular space hero a man who had never set foot on the moon. Gene Kranz was flight director of the white team for Apollo 11, and he recorded this oral history about what went on in Mission Control the day of the moon landing and how the team there dealt with the pressures of the job. You're pacing. You got all this energy and you don't have anything to, to do with it. You got no focus. You can't sleep. Heck, we had six kids, and, you know, Marta's trying to figure out some way. Oh, Gene, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to sleep? Are you going to go out to Mission Control Center to sleep? What are you going to do? And you don't know. You'd haunt Mission Control again for, and you'd fidget a bit, you know, to make sure your procedures are all ready. And then uh, you have the most wonderful eight-hour sleep that you've ever seen in your entire life. And this is the last time, because you're going to walk into a Mission Control in a few hours, and your team is going to write the book about landing in the moon. And in mission control, when you walk into the room, you're getting the feeling for what's going on. You can feel the atmosphere immediately. This room is bathed in this blue light from this blue-gray light that you get from the screen. So it's sort of almost like you see in the movies kind of thing. And then the rest of the room atmosphere is, it's the, it's the smell of the room. And it's, uh, a people been, you can tell people been in there for a long period of time. There's enough stale pizza hanging around and stale uh, sandwiches and uh, waste baskets are full. You, you can smell the coffee that's been burnt into the uh, uh, hot plate in there. Uh, but there's, you know, that's it. Yeah, but you also get this feeling that this is a place something's going to happen at. I mean, this is a place, uh, sort of like the docks where Columbus left, you know, when he sailed off or to America or the beaches when he came on landing. So it's, uh, it's a place where you know uh, something is going to happen and you, you feel the energy of the room because as you walk in, you pass little groups where there's little buzzes of conversation and you don't waste too many words in mission control. You speak in funny syllables and acronyms and short brief sentences and, and sometimes you, you use uh, call signs, other times you use first names. Depends upon what the mood of the room is. There are certain things in mission control, and there are two of them happened, one now and then one later on, that really now indicated that this was not a normal day. The first one, and this was one of the triggering events that, uh, that got it, the spacecraft is now behind the moon, and the control team, uh, the adrenaline, no matter how you, you tried to hide it, the fact is, is that you were really starting to pump. And it seems that every controller has a in common set of characteristics is they got to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's just to the point where you just need this break. That's all there is to it. I mean, it just just get out there. And it's, it's literally a rush uh, to get to the bathroom. And uh, you're standing in line. And for a change, there isn't the normal banter. Uh, no jokes, etc. I mean, the level of preoccupation in these people. And these are these are kids. These are the average age of my team was 26 years old, and uh, basically, I'm 36. I'm 10 years older. I'm the oldest guy on this entire team. 
And this preoccupation is the first thing that hits you. I mean, it just, all of a sudden, this is different. Then you walk back into the room and you hear the voice of the mission commentator. And he talks and he's commenting that the mission control team has returned from their break and they're now going to be in the room through the lunar landing. And, and immediately that triggers my thought that this team, this day, is either going to land, abort, or crash. Those are the only three alternatives. So it's, it's really starting to sink in and, and I have this feeling I got to talk to my people. So I called the uh, controllers, told my team, uh, okay, I'll fly controllers, uh, listen up and go over to AFD conference. And all of a sudden the people in the viewing room are used to hearing all these people talking, all of a sudden there's nobody talking anymore. But I had to tell these kids how proud I was of the work that they had done and that from this day, from the time that they were born, they were destined to be here and they're destined to do this job and it's the best team that has ever been assembled and today, without a doubt, we are going to write in the history books and we are going to be the team that takes an American to the moon. And that uh, whatever happens on this day, whatever decisions they make, whatever decisions as a team we make, I will always be standing with them. No one's ever going to second guess us. So that's it. Then we hear the crew saying contact. Well, what happens? We have a three foot long probe stick underneath each of the landing pads. When one of those touches the lunar surface, it turns on a blue light in the cockpit. And when it turns on that blue light, that's lunar contact, their job is to shut the engine down and they literally fall the last three feet to the surface of the moon. The crew is now continuing this process of shutting down the engine. Now the viewing room behind me, and this is again one of these other things in training that just absolutely, there's, no, there's nothing that training ever prepared you for that second because the viewing room behind me starts cheering. Our instructors, which are over in the sim soup area, sim room over to the right, they start cheering, but we got to be cool because we have to now go through all of the shutdown activity, but we have to go through a series of what we call stay-no-stay -no -stay decisions because 40 seconds after we've touched down on the moon, we have to be ready to lift back off again. And every controller, I think, went through his emotional climax that second. I was so hung up by this, this cheering, the coming in the sound from the lunar room that, that I could not speak. 
And pure frustration, because I had to get going in the stay no stay. I just wrapped my arm down in the console there. I just absolutely frustrated. I broke my pencil. Pencil flies up in the air. Charlie Duke's next to me, and he's looking and wondering what the hell has happened here. And all of a sudden, it just it hurt so much that I got back on track and started to go, okay, I'll fly controller, stand by for T1, stay, no, stay, you know, and we went through this. And I think every controller went through his uh, climax at that second. Contact light. Okay, engine stop. APA at a descent. Boat control, both auto, descent, engine command override off. Engine arm off. Port 13 is in. We've had shutdown. We copy you down, Eagle. Okay, everybody, Houston, T1, stand by for T1. Tranquility base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. And you hear uh, Armstrong talk. The Eagle has landed right on down the line. Tran Houston, Tranquility base here. The Eagle's landed. And these are all seeping in. In the meantime, we're just busier than hell. And throughout this whole period of time, except for the instant you hear the cheering, you never got a chance to really think we've landed on the moon. And uh, we get handed over to uh, Charlesworth's team, and it was then I'm going over to the press conference, and it was walking over to the press conference with Doug. It was the first time you actually really had the chance to unwind and think about, today we really landed on the moon. That interview was conducted on January 8, 1999, by Rebecca Wright, Carol Butler, and Sasha Tarrant. Special thanks to the Johnson Space Center Oral History Project for sharing the audio. You can find a link to their archive on our website at backstoryradio.org. <laughs>